Hey, it's Chris Capello, host of The Interface. You know, a few months ago, we started ending each episode by asking our guests to pick one album they'd bring on a desert island with them. Well, I thought it was time to share the selections with everyone. And while we can't have the music on the podcast because of licensing, thanks to the magic of streaming music services, though, we can create a playlist for you to enjoy. It's The Interface's Desert Island Music Playlist on Apple Music and Spotify. Do you want to hear what 80s goth like The Smiths as recommended by Bill Callahan or Joy Division as recommended by Alan Sherman sound like? Do you want to dance to Daft Punk like Greg Fassbender or groove to Greta Van Fleet like Barry Holt? Or do you want to get weepy and emotional listening to the finale of the Rudy soundtrack like Bob Brunette's? Well, just go to Apple Music or Spotify, type in Amphenol in the search bar, and look for the Interfaces Desert Island Music Playlist. This will be updated weekly, so make sure to subscribe. And happy listening! In this episode of The Interface, I speak with David Keene, General Manager of Positronic, the latest acquisition to join the Amphenol family. Dave has been with Positronic for the last six years after working in locations around the world for consumer goods and automotive businesses. We talk about what Positronic brings to the Amphenol family. We talk about feeling like a kid in a candy store with being able to take advantage of all the resources now available to them. We talk about how he and his family spent 14 years overseas because of various jobs. And we talk about his Desert Island album, book, and movie. This is The Interface. Dave, first of all, thank you very much for uh, joining me today. It's it's a pleasure to be able to talk to well the newest member of the Amphenol family with an acquisition just uh, announced earlier this year for, for Positronic. You're based out of Str- Springfield, Missouri. And I know it's only been a few weeks, but how's the experience been for you over the last few months now that it's it's all wrapped up? Yeah, Chris, it's been uh, interesting to say the least. I would say, not I don't know if it's overwhelming, but it's been a lot all at once. As you know, there were some changes for myself, uh, the general manager, a change from a family-owned organization, fairly long uh, acquisition period, you know, complicated with COVID and everything else you could think about. I would say it's gone pretty well. You know, there's always concerns. But the team is excited, and I think they're just getting their hands around and learning, you know, what what does uh, Amphenol bring and the resources. So it's we get a lot of information, and a little bit it's like, okay, well, we can't do everything today. Mm-hmm. And a new one, you know, that's part of it, how we report and time, excuse me, timeliness and other things. So learning, excitement, a little bit of apprehension. Uh, but I think everyone was pretty well prepared for it. And I think for the most part, people are excited about it. I think they see, you know, a lot of opportunities. They recognize it's a change. But at the same time, there's always that apprehension is what's going to happen. And since we went through the first day and everybody's still here, I think they all feel better. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. hopefully that's a good sign. What was it like for you personally? I mean, I know you are obviously managing the business and you were overseeing uh, Positronic in multiple locations around the world. And sure, you have that apprehension and, and questioning of what it is that that you're doing uh, from a business standpoint. If you know it's going to be acquired by you know a an industry behemoth like Amphenol. I mean, let's be honest. But and so you have to deal with all those 
issues and, and with your employees, but how was it for you personally going from this family-owned business to being a part of this multi-billion dollar corporation? Well, for me, it's actually been kind of interesting. Uh, and we may talk about it a little bit later, but I, my background, you know, I was, in, I, I was in public accounting years ago. And I worked for a, a couple large public companies in consumer goods and in automotive. Okay. Both were much larger than Ampinol, mm -hmm. but the same. This, it, it, to a certain extent, it's almost like going home. Mm. You know, there's not a lot of surprises, you know, for me, the discipline, the calls, the reporting schedule. Right. So I'm kind of, to a certain extent, I, it hasn't been too bad for me. You know, I, I joined Positronic about six years ago. And part of that, I, you know, I'd been, I'd been, I'd lived overseas. I traveled a lot and I was able to come back. I'm from Missouri, grew up mm -hmm. in Kansas City. And so I was able to come back home, be closer to family, which is a part of that decision. And I found an interesting company here that was wanting to grow and build value and ultimately be where we are today. Right. So it kind of worked out. Uh, for me personally, I think going through the changes in, you know, building value and, and kind of having the company move more into or continue to move in a more professionally managed other than a, a family. And that's no disrespect to the family. I actually, for me, the change is better. I get to, it's a very clear focus, mm -hmm. you know? So I think for all of us, you know, we know exactly where we stand, what we can do, mm -hmm. what the expectations are. And for me, not dealing with bankers and the M and A people, yeah. it's just, you can actually focus on the business a little bit more. Yeah. And I think from the team, there's no more questions about how we're going to be sold. You know, who's going to buy us? You know, we all going to lose our jobs. It's like, oh, okay. I get it. I understand. Yeah. It's real people. They have, you know, the, it's a different company, but we know the direction they're taking and now it's finding a place. So for me, it's kind of the same thing. I, I've actually, it, I'm pretty comfortable with this. Mm -hmm. Now it's just, getting that discipline translated for our team members and help them, you know, go through the path of Ampanol at the same time, continue to drive our business. And I think it's actually given us a little bit of a reason to be more focused. We're not going to do this because they already have 10 companies that mm -hmm. do this bigger and better than we do. So let's focus on our D subs and power products that have brought, kept us for the last 50 plus years and then make a uh, very, uh, good decisions about where we go next and how we spend our money. So I think as people get to that, that that's going to be good. You know, so. That's a good segue into you know, my next question was going to be, talk a little bit about your, your product portfolio and your, the technologies that you focus on and maybe some of the capabilities that you bring that are unique to the Amphenol family. So we, we build, you know, Positronic builds a, premium power and signal connectors. Uh, we serve a lot of industries, not only uh, our biggest is military and aerospace, but uh, we do have medical and we're really growing in some of the data center areas, a lot of industrial. Uh, so we're, uh, we don't do a lot of automotive. We do have one uh, small company in Singapore that is an automotive with the engineered plastics, but they're not our real focus right now. And really, it's been a high quality, you know, low, higher mix, lower volume group of connectors. And that's what we're known for. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's that high reliability and custom connectors. So we do a lot of, our, you know, they're designed in, a lot of custom. We're, we'll do sometimes smaller volumes. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's that close connection. And, you know, we've, uh, 
you know, over 50 years have done, you know, been some cool projects and, and built some really uh, interesting, uh, uh, you know, uh, stuff, if you will, just yeah. working with all the members. So uh, vertically integrated, you know, design all the way to, you know, the production shipment. Uh, we're very consistent with our lead times, you know, very high on time delivery. Uh, we've got our ups and downs every now and then just when, uh, we've been very lucky within the pandemic. Uh, a couple of years ago, we struggled as we saw a lot of spikes in volume. But and again, uh, D subs, rectangulars, power and hybrid, and a few circular uh, connectors. One thing we do focus on solid machine contacts, mm. particularly as we're in space and you know the reliability and the quality. We do a broad range of plating, similar to what uh, we see with amp all materials, uh, to give our customers different options. We've got a an, uh, modular uh, uh, series called Scorpion. Yeah. Uh, which allows the customer to configure the connector. And, you know, that's been a real learning experience. It's a great idea. It presents some challenges within operations. We seem to, you know, manage that. Uh, it's one reason why we actually mentioned the automotive group. They did a lot of injection molding and tool and dies. And that's given us some, that their skill sets have helped us be, get some technology there. So, that's our thing. We customize, modify our designs. Uh, we've actually done some interesting things that have really helped us. We've got a, a posi live chat with our FAEs, which is a, oh. you know, our customer engineers can reach out and get a, get. Uh, we've got several people that sit just outside here, you know, emails, phones, and a couple of our uh, FAEs. Then, particularly here in the U.S., but they can call and get help on drawings. It helps our sales team. And we found that to be really successful and we're looking to how to expand upon that. And then we do have, you know, mil spec and NASA qualified products and a lot of those. Um, I mentioned the data centers, uh, the open OCP, the open compute project. We've mm-hmm. got uh, some sign-ins on the latest version, which is the uh, open rack V3. So we've got uh, some sole sourcing on previous uh, designs. Uh, and part of that's our Scorpion connector that we've been able to modify. And so that's the type of thing we've been doing in, in different markets. We're learning a lot there because that's a much broader market. And that's a place that Amazon's going to really help us as we partner with the resources and connections as we go after some of those bigger, bigger projects. I should say also where we have sites in France, uh, Singapore, Indonesia, an engineering group in India, then we're based here in Missouri. We've got uh, three facilities here. One is primarily injection molding, and most all of our manufacturing uh, is in, it's called, we call it Eldon, but it's our largest facility here. And it's at Springfield. We're actually in the older, uh, one of the oldest buildings we have. Uh, parts I'm sitting in goes back to about 1866. Uh, oh. But it's over offices. Yeah, it, it bends and moves and creaks, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it will probably, um, you know, we don't have a lot left here. Mm-hmm. You know, we use the more facilities, uh, but this has a lot of character. You know, just like I'm sure it does in Sydney, you yeah. know, being around long and, and seeing it. So, you know, I think that's that's really kind of a picture of what we do. I think for us, what we're really looking to for the Ampanol is to focus on particularly the D subs and you've heard Luke and the how we fit in and fill that niche within the Ampanol product portfolios. Mm-hmm. And then how can both service others other groups? And also use, you know, the capabilities and customers that Ampel has that we don't to get our products in there. We do do a lot of our own machining and there may be opportunities there that we're looking 
to at the same time uh, we see a lot of assembly like for cable assemblies with our parts that uh, we're really excited about what the, some of the techniques that Amphenol, I say techniques, the, the companies that Amphenol has that focus on that. Because mm-hmm. I, so I think that's where we see a lot of leverage uh, with, within Amphenol. So uh, if I didn't mention that, you know, Positronic was formed in the late 60s, so it's been around for over 50 years and up until now owned by the Gentry family. Uh, Jack Gentry started it. And John Gentry, who's still working, he's supporting us in engineering now after the acquisition. As, so the family's been involved up to this point, and Bill Gentry, uh, you know, was involved in sales and developing in Singapore, and he's, he's functioning with us as a consultant as needed. But it's been a, a good transition, and uh, we've got a lot to offer, and we're excited about where we go. Yeah, so it sounds like this has given you, at least in a short time so far, an opportunity to take a look at what you do, see how it compares to what Amphenol already does and what they're strong at, and really now the key is really finding that sweet spot between what you as Positronic do very well and then incorporating some of the things that Amphenol can help you uh, or leverage more of that relationship with Amphenol in order to expand your product and technology portfolio and hopefully expand some of your capabilities as well, correct? Yeah, that's right. And it's, it's kind of, we talked earlier, you know, in chatting just about, you know, how's it going the acquisition. And I think that it's a little bit like a, a little a kid in a toy store at Christmas, you know, with all boys. Now, what do we do? And that, and we have to be, and we're learning, we're, we're getting focused on what can really help us. And where should we be? Because there's so much for us to take advantage of. And yeah. Part of it is like, okay, yeah, I know. Because we've had a lot of response and from the Amphenol team, which is great. Hey, how can we help you? And we want to sell this. Can you quote us this part number? Can you cross? And, and we are trying as well as how do we fit into some of our, you know, major customers. And uh, so that's what, that's one of the things that we're having to deal with a little, we can't do everything. And uh, yeah. it's that I want to come with that. So we're, we're excited about that. And, and uh, I think that uh, it will, it will work out well. Yeah. It's, it's certainly, I guess, a good problem to have, but one you still have to manage <laughs> nevertheless, you know, is, is kind of tamp yeah. down everyone's enthusiasm. Like, okay, we got to prioritize this stuff. Let's, you know, phase one, phase two, phase three here. So, so we don't get too carried away and lose our focus. You're right. The other, the other thing is that, and this is, they also like, well, what, I think there's a little bit, they thought Amphenol was going to come and tell us how to do everything. Mm-hmm. You know, this is how you do this. This is what you're going to do. And, but they're really, what we've experienced and what I understand and is that they have a lot of opportunities, but it's up to us. Mm-hmm. So that's the mess that I have to go, okay, this is great, but you have to use it. And it, it's your responsibility. So that, that's one of the learnings as a new organization. I'm sure that all the new companies that come in from acquisition is after, you know, that Amphenol is not going to do everything for us. They just have lots of resources and tools that we could take advantage of. Right. You know, and that, that was a fear too. Well, what's Amphenol say to you? No, they say that you know, Luke gave us very clear targets. You know, <laughs> we've got to get our revenue and operating income. And uh, yeah. That's part of what we do, and, and now how you can leverage it is what we're saying. So, but it's it's all good. Yeah, it's just, it's just different. Yeah, I'm glad to see that Positronic is now part of the Amphenol family, a, a great addition. And I know we just got started, but I'm looking forward to at least for myself personally too, being able to work with you guys and and utilize resources together and, and help out and promote the Positronic brand and, you know, ultimately weave that into the Amphenol brand as well. Um, I think it'll be 
nothing but a win-win for everybody. So, so I want to back up now. We'll go back to uh, young Dave Keen as he's growing up uh-huh. in Missouri in, in the Kansas City area. Um, you said that you were you had a background in accounting. Is that what you studied in college? That's right. I, I am I am a CPA. Yeah, uh, and uh, I work for. Well, it's now KPMG. I'm not going to date myself and tell you what it used to be called, <laughs> but uh, but no. But I did start in public accounting and uh, had the advantage of. Actually, after that, I'd worked in a. Uh, I actually worked in a small software startup for a while, and then. Uh, most of my career was spent with uh, either a large one, first with a large consumer goods company, and then with an automotive uh, tier one supplier. I was um, based in, uh, for a while, I was in Kansas City, and then uh, I actually did a lot of work in New York, mm-hmm. and I actually went overseas. I spent about 14 years uh, overseas. Wow. It's kind of a funny story. You know, I, I the, the company kept wanting me to come to New York and uh, I was going, eh, you know, they want me to travel. It's going to be gone. And while we liked New York being in the Midwest, I I do remember looking at housing and the housing cost difference between Kansas City and New York. <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah. so I remember, you know, when you talk about how you define your career, I, I said I was meeting with the CFO and I goes, eh, you know, I just, there's so many problems in family and school and travel and commute and cost and everything in New York. And I, and I said something and I said, but it was a global and, and they love people to go overseas. So I'd love to go overseas. Then I could be with my family and have an experience. And when I got on a plane to come back to Kansas city, I remember my thought was, well, you know, I probably ought to be looking for a job because I turned down a good job in New York. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I didn't think about it. And my wife said, how did it go? I said, well, I, I don't couple months later, I got a call in the CFO. Congratulations, Dave. We have got an excellent position in Central Europe based in Warsaw, Poland. This is going to be great and wow. all that. And my whole thought was like, I wonder if I should have talked to my wife about this. Or <laughs> yeah. so I actually had to go home and, 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 you know, it was one of those, well, how was your day? Funny you should ask, you know, uh, yeah. I got a promotion, a new job offer, and it's in Warsaw, Poland. Yeah. <laughs> you know? and, uh, yeah. But the reason I bring that up, one, it was pretty funny, you know, and it's great to have a supportive family because I literally ripped my kids up and we sold everything and moved. And uh, I said, well, do it for a year or two and it'll all be good. Well, you know, you get there and uh, it was a fantastic experience. I was mm-hmm. there a little over three years, traveled all through Europe, uh, Central Europe. My family loved it. And then as a part of that, you know, you build a level of friends and right. uh, people are moving around at that time. You know, China was heating up. And so I actually moved with, uh, with that company into Hong Kong. And I spent a little over six years in Hong Kong working through all of Asia, India, Japan, Korea, of course, China. And uh, that's when I, I actually moved to the tier one automotive group uh, into Shanghai. Mm-hmm. And I was there for so years before I moved back to Detroit for a while. And that's where I was before I came here. But, you know, that prepared me with a lot of things, you know, working as in a unit, even though it may not have been an acquisition, it was operationally, it was dealing with customers. It was dealing with different cultures. Being an expat is, you know, there, people always focus on the good things, but when you're 8,000 miles, I was, you know, I was eight, I was eight thousand miles away in nine eleven. Mm-hmm. You know, I was in Hong Kong. You know, when you're that far from home, you go, hmm, that's interesting. I was in SARS during in Hong Kong, so I was in the SARS. So, right. you know, this pandemic 
is kind of reminiscent, if you will, being in Asia lockdown. I got a lot of operational experience as well, even though I was typically the CFO or the finance director in the different companies, the joint venture. So a lot of that really, when I decided for some personal reasons, I wanted to come back to Missouri, Positronic was a great fit, mm-hmm. you know, global sites. Uh, it was manufacturing. They wanted to grow and they wanted, you know, I don't know if they ever thought they'd be a part of Amazon or where they would go, you know, whether we would grow bigger, do acquisitions, be acquired. But a lot of it was to use that expertise and experience that I had that I gained that way. And like I say, people say, oh, did you always want to go overseas and do this? It's like, no, I just couldn't keep my mouth shut. You know? <laughs> yeah. But, um, so that, that's how I, that's how I got here. Yeah. And that's a part of the background. Like I said, I grew up in Kansas City. You know, I went to a, a school here. I actually played sports. I played tennis and uh, soccer in college. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I did a lot, I still do a lot of sports. Uh, like I say, I, like we talked earlier and just chatting, I, I kind of messed up my knee. So tennis is kind of taking a back seat right now, but I still yeah. like to finish golf and just get out and do some stuff like that. So try and stay as active as I can. Just to go back to moving and, and working all over the world, how did your family enjoy that during that time? Because it was a long time. <laughs> it was, you know, um, we were fortunate in that one, we went to places that had very good schools. And in that time, particularly in central Europe, which they just opened up, it was in the late nineties. And even in China, as it was developing, there were very strong schools. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were with a lot of other expats close to our age and a lot of kids. And the, we developed friendships that we keep to this day. Uh, both my son, I've got a son and a daughter. They both uh, have friendships that they developed then. Right. They kept and they keep in touch, you know, so it was, it was, it was some hard times, you know, with schools and moving back, being away from family. My wife was very supportive, but I think it made, it was the people, it was exciting jobs. And I think you had those personal connections. That's one thing I, we talked about Hampton. I mean, I, I enjoy that, mm-hmm. that cultural difference, people from all over. Right. Also getting to work with people that are, like you, they want to be successful, you know, they're driven. Yeah. Schools are very professional. They've been trained and they have a discipline and, and, and we're, we've got a common goal, but yet we're all, you know, have our own targets. So I found it, you know, it, it was tough. I mean, there are times it was hard. It was a great experience though. Yeah. Um, I think my kids are now starting as they both are out of school working, have families of their own. And uh, now they're realizing that, you know, wow, that wasn't so bad. We want to go back. We want to go travel to Europe, <laughs> yeah. go back and you know, take all of the, you know, the vacations, which, you know, you get to do things that you wouldn't get to do in a lot of places. Right. So, uh, it, but I won't say, and some people do it. We were fortunate, like say my family adapted and go, some people just can't do that or don't. And it's not a reflection on them, but we did, we found fantastic people and made the most of it and had a good time. And, you do have to have a sense of humor. I could go into story after story of stuff like, hmm, now what do I do? <laughs> you know, or where? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And you learn how to get around in several languages. And yeah, uh, well, I'm not, I'm not a, you know, a specialist at all, but you learn how to communicate and get the basics and you just figure stuff out and it makes it fun. Sometimes it can be stressful, but you now then you just sit back and laugh about it. So. Yeah. And uh, I'll be honest as an amateur 
want to be foodie as well. I'm jealous oh. of the amount of cuisine you must have uh, had access to in all these different countries. I mean, experiencing a little bit of it myself over the years. I listen to the countries you've been to. I'm like, all I could, my mouth starts to water. I mean, I don't know what that says about me, oh, but, yeah. but uh, yeah. That was that one was fantastic. You're absolutely right. And uh, the food was good. And you just got such a wide variety and, and getting it different places, everything from, you know, the fancy to just the street corner. And because you learned where you could eat and where you couldn't. Yeah. Um, and um, you're right. That, that was a side benefit. Uh, it was, that was pretty good. So when you then get to Positronic, how different was that business from anything you'd done before? I'm sure you probably didn't have the technical background per se, but you knew how to run a business. So what was the initial challenge for you when you first got to Positronic, especially with how what, what the business actually did on a day-to-day basis? I think it was focus and discipline was one. Mm-hmm. Uh, while we're very good technically, you know, if you think of our reporting, which we're going through right now, and some of the disciplines, the controls, it was all the family kind of, you know, drove that and they had their own targets and ideas and with a family owned company, the family kind of based on what they they brought up, mm-hmm. they grew up with the company. I think that was the hard part. Um, sometimes I was a little more, I say, oh, aggressive. I'm used to, no, no, we had to be focused and disciplined to do this. I'm like, well, no, 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 we'll, you know, we'll get there. So I think that there's that aspect of it. Um, but it, I think it was, they wanted to grow. There was a willingness to grow and expand, but they weren't as used to some of the controls and Mm -hmm. maybe a little less tense, if you will. Um, Because a lot of, you know, as even with Ampanol and and a lot of big companies, when you're publicly held, you have to be very direct and sometimes you have to be, though, this is what I expect and this is what we need to do. Right. And here there was like, well, do we need to be that one? So, I mean, and it wasn't bad. And I think there, but there was a desire. The family wanted, they knew that, a day like this might come. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to really drive value. And one way you have to drive value is be a little more focused, look at your profits. Through that time I did, we closed a couple locations, just looking at infrastructure, mm-hmm. uh, work our reporting and our IT, you know, controls, compliance, I think a lot. So I, there has never been a lack of anything to do, mm-hmm. uh, but bring a lot of those in. Uh, and the company was willing, but sometimes it may be say hard to accept, but it was just different. Hopefully, it seems like it's worked out. So, that's a good thing. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think so. I think this is gonna. It's, it gives us an exciting chap, new chapter in the company. Uh, you retain some of the name and the history and the legacy, which is important. Yes. But it also just gives us so many more tools. I mean, and also for our people. You know, I know I, we have a lot of people that are very excited because, you know, here, you know, there's not. A lot of other there's a lot of businesses here in Springfield, but they're not connectors or they're not you know not huge into you know like old military and automotive groups. But now there's so many options. If someone wants to have a great career with the company, they can. Mm-hmm. They also broader to other opportunities and what 150 plus companies. Yeah, within all that gives them uh, a lot of access that they didn't have before. And I think that is those are two things that really are important. Very exciting, for sure, um, and uh, I'm sure that you are, and, and, and I am as well. Uh, glad that you're part of the Amphenol family. So we'll wrap up this conversation here, and we'll get to our finale, which is 
I put you, Dave, I know you've been all over the world, but we'll pick, uh, you know, something like Fiji, right? We'll pick a, a desert okay. island. We'll put you on it by yourself. And I'm going to give you a chance to pick one album, one book, and one movie to bring with you. So we'll start with an album. <laughs> what album would you bring? I got to go back to the classic. I'm going to have to go back to the Stones, Sticky Fingers. I got to go back to that. If I'm going to Fiji, I'm rocking out. And uh, that's where I'm going to be. So if I'm going to be sitting there on the beach, got to have that. Got to have the Stones. That great one. So, you, yeah, you start with a little, uh, let's see, brown sugar. And then uh, can you hear me knocking? Oh, yeah. And with, uh, is it Moonlight Mile on that one? I think so. I believe so. Yeah. I think okay. so. And yeah, I've listened to that once or a thousand times myself. Yeah. That's right. And I will say the one thing I did say in the Stones, I was fortunate enough to see the Stones in Shanghai for the first time oh. when they came back. Wow. Yeah, that was that was classic. Yeah. It was all a bunch of cats. It really wasn't, you know, it wasn't, but uh, it still didn't matter. That was pretty cool. Okay. So far, you're one for one. Perfect choice. Uh, Love it. Okay. How about a book? You know, that's the one, you know, the smart answer would probably be like 101 Desert Island Hacks. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> that probably exists. Smart. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I, I've looked back and I thought, what? Because I do, when I read, I like to read a lot of biographies. Yeah. And I go back. I, I think, and I, I looked and I thought, I looked at some of my books. I thought, what would I take? And I I think I, this is tough, but you know, I've got some of the stuff from like Lincoln and even Reagan. Ben Fra I think I'd go with Ben Franklin. Now, here's a guy that, you know, in a new world and yeah. all the stuff he did was so broad. I think. Because I thought about it, I could be really, the, you know, the Bible and Desert Hacks. I thought, no, you know what? I'm going to go back to comfort, if you will. Sure. Um, and something. And if, uh, I think if, I picked that one, I think. Just, you know, he'd been around, traveled a lot. I think it'd be one you could, you know, get back into and, and look at that. Yeah, definitely not a boring individual. That's for sure. Quite the right, life story. Right. Yeah. How about a movie? Uh, yeah. I thought about this one, you know, do you do classics. I love all the Eastwood and. Pulp Fiction, but you know, one I thought of was, and then you're gonna, it may sound crazy, but I'll explain. I, I thought, you know, I'm gonna take Top Gun, the original Top Gun. Okay. And one of the reasons why is that when that movie came out, my son was small. Yeah. He walked day in, day out. I think I know every word. I know he does still. Yeah. He'll laugh about. It. He knows every word. He had it memorized, <laughs> and in my mind, I do too. And I think if I'm gonna be on an island, that would be a good way to have memories and think about that and. Okay. You know, because it was one of those, because I thought of all the movies and the different things I like, you know, that's one that you would take a look. And I, but I still remember, actually, I, I probably know all the words too if I thought about it. But you can't go wrong, I mean, you know, with that. And, uh, yeah. Maybe before I get on that island, the sequel will actually be released and we can watch it. But, uh, <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> Well, uh, I, I'll make a cheesy joke at that expense. Then is uh, now that we wrap this up, you're you're out of the danger zone, and we can yeah, we can end this conversation. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. I couldn't. Anytime I you have a chance to use a Kenny Loggins reference, you have to take it. That's my rule. That's right. So, um, well, listen, Dave, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this today, uh, introducing the Positronic family to everyone here at Amphenol on the podcast. Very happy that you're a part of it. And uh, my best to you and the team there and look forward to hopefully before the end of this year, uh, getting to meet you and everyone there in person. So thank you again, Dave. Uh, no, thanks. I enjoy it. We're, we're happy to be here. Uh, I think everyone's excited. It's just, it's almost, what do we do? Yeah. And so I just thank everybody that I haven't got a chance to uh, speak to for reaching out. We will catch up with everybody. 
uh, and we look forward to working with everyone. So uh, it, it's been great, and we look forward to kind of you know, huge success with the company and every little bit we can do to drive Amazon forward.